0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: A harrowing event that shook the world of sports occurred on Monday Night Football in Cincinnati as Bill's defensive back, DeMar Hamlin, left the stadium in an ambulance. On today's show, we'll unpack the events of the game and the emotions in the stadium. The human side of sports, that's the most important thing right now, and we'll spend most of our time on that today. Though we'll still catch you up on all the latest from around the NFL and sports world. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found Let's start with the biggest story.
1: It was one of the most harrowing things that you will see on a football field. Buffalo Bills defensive back, DeMar Hamlin, makes a tackle, gets up, falls over, and then as bad as a situation can get on a football field. um, Paramedics have to be rushed to his aid, the ambulance on the field, CPR, life-saving measures taken. The report as of this recording is that Tamar Hamlin is in the hospital, um, that he he has a pulse. uh, But beyond that, we do not have a lot of information about how this all will move forward. We know the Bengals and the Bills did not play on Monday night, the game postponed. We'll see what happens from here. Joining me now from Locked on Bengals, Jake Lisko. And Jake, this is, this is not a football story right now. This is a personal story. As this was all happening, it's hard to know exactly the, the mechanisms here. But what is your reaction to this game being, being postponed and, and to what we saw on the field?
0: If you're a religious person, thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin, to the Buffalo Bills, to the Cincinnati Bengals, to T. Higgins, to every fan in attendance, to everyone who just went through that. First and foremost is the player's physical health. As many have pointed out, I'm not saying anything novel there. Uh, It's a bit of a shared trauma experience. And DeMar Hamlin is at the center of it, and that's where all the attention rightly is. If you need someone to talk to, talk to that person. If you can support someone, support that person. As far as the football mechanics of it, what will the NFL do? I I have no idea, to be honest. We've never seen, I've never seen something like this happen. I hope we never see something like this happen again. it's it's very secondary. That's, that's the overall thought.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, this is, uh, I think in the moment, um, all of us watching it and, and you know, I, I, I can hear the emotion in your voice and I, I share, um, that same thing. I, I was, I was recording my show for locked on Packers earlier and was struggling to get through an open because it is, the kind of thing when you when you talk about sports this is not something that that ever feels like a possibility even if it is in this case unfortunately a possibility when when we're waiting there watching going what is going to happen with the league we we have this moment where we think they might send them back out there from a mechanic standpoint did you what did you think of the way the NFL um, decided, okay, ultimately let's talk to the teams and let's get this figured out. Did, like the 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 decision-making process here, what is your impression of that?
0: I don't think we have enough information, to be honest, Peter. We yeah. don't really know from the outside what exactly happened. The appearances are, if you wanted to spin a story, that the NFL told these teams, we're going to try to keep playing. The coaches intervened. The coaches talked to the league office in addition to a league official who was in the stadium. And they decided to, to stop playing the football game, the NFL being a big machine with a lot of red tape, I imagine needing to make sure both teams are on the same page. I would like to think that this is just a, a slow uh, the result of the slow movement of that machine. I don't think that we really know enough to, to say who made what decision, but I think Anyone who saw what happened, football couldn't be on their mind in that moment. The idea of these teams continuing to play football, again, I I hope that what it was was just the slow machinery of the NFL crossing their T's and dotting their I's and and getting to the right decision.
1: It was pretty obvious. You you looked at the the player reaction, the Bills and and all, you know the, the Bengals the coaches. This was, uh, as I mentioned at the open, a, a harrowing scene to be a part of. Do you think there are there are things the NFL could could do to to make these situations where you can make a decision a little bit faster? I mean, this is we're all trying to. This is this is so uncharted territory that I, I feel like I'm putting you in an unfair position to even ask you these questions because. We, we We don't ever have to think about these kinds of things in these situations. I, I just feel like the answer was, let's just f- cancel the game and figure it out later. I, I don't know. Is, is, am I being myopic in that?
0: It's impossible to say. I, I do think that if the NFL has considered this scenario, which they you probably hope they would, honestly. would have done you yeah, you would hope that they would be prepared for something like this. Prepare for the worst, hope for the best, or usually the results is somewhere in the middle. Something like that is a saying, right? But you prepare for it. it it's, it's hard to say. It, it We haven't seen something like this. Hopefully this never happens again, like I said. And if it does, you, you hope that the league is more prepared with immediately what, what needs to happen is just so, so many unknowns, it's, it's really hard to say without definitive knowledge of what transpired and, and those details are sparse. But like I said, you hope it never happens again. You hope that DeMar Hamlin is all right. I, I do have personal experience working with the, the hospital he's at. I know it's a, an excellent healthcare center. I worked with him professionally years ago. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that they can do what needs to be done for DeMar Hamlin to continue to live a, a healthy life.
1: Uh, a scene that, again, no, no one would anticipate having to have encountered here. Our, our thoughts and our prayers, um, not just for, for me and Jake, but from the entire Locked On Podcast Network, go out to DeMar Hamlin, his family, the Buffalo Bills family, um, and, and, and everyone. Stay up to date all year on the Cincinnati Bengals by subscribing to Locked on Sports today and the Locked on Bengals podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked on Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the feeling inside Paycor Stadium was unlike anything Cincinnati has ever felt. We go into the stands with someone who experienced every moment live. Any football fan watching what happened to Demar Hamlin experienced something that that no football fan, no sports fan, no person wants to to wants to ever witness on a human level. To see what we saw with with that injury and then with the process after was harrowing. And our producer on Locked On Sports today, Jeff Carr, our Locked On Reds host, happened to be at the game and he joins me now. Jeff, I think there are a lot of football fans watching, myself included, who you you go back over the last few years as they've tried to make the game safer, a game that you and I both absolutely love, but understand the risks of, the violence of. And a lot of us have had to make peace with the violence in this game. And this was an injury that did not seem to be born out of truly the inherent violence of the game. We don't know exactly what happened at this moment, but as a fan in the stadium, what is that experience like to to see this as it's unfolding?
3: I I don't know that I've ever experienced shock uh, until Monday night. And I'm not trying to be dramatic about that. I just like the way that I rolled through that game, the emotions were so high. Everybody was so excited to begin the game. I, I never heard Paul Brown Pecor stadium louder than it was for the start of that game. And then for it to turn into a, you could just hear a pin drop to the point that everyone was completely just outside of their jerseys. You know, I mean, there was, there was bills fans. There was Bengals fans that were all talking together. We were all very concerned as to what was going on. Just, the overall just shock is the word that I keep coming back to of how we all felt about the game. We knew, honestly, whenever they brought the ambulance out that how are we going to play football anymore? The, the, the game was superfluous at that point.
1: How are people getting information? I mean, in, in, a, in a stadium where there's 70,000 people, cell phone service is usually spotty. Like what, what is, what was that experience like? Because I feel like maybe at home, if we're able to be on Twitter, like I was able to watch the game and be on Twitter, I was getting these live instant updates in the stadium. I imagine it, it's much harder to get information. It becomes a
3: big game of telephone. What was, what was that part of this like? It was just whoever was in the row, whoever's phone kind of broke through the cloud and actually got to, you know, watch the video or see the different tweets that uh, folks were talking about the status of DeMar Hamlin and, and what the game was doing that it, it kind of traveled through as waves. The and the entire stadium became a big game of telephone at that point as to who was finding out what, when, and, and you had folks that, you know, maybe they went off to get concessions and then they came back and then they found out and their shock, like, everybody experienced it all at certain points and it just it it slowly brought everything out of the stadium and completely shocked us out of thinking that we're there for entertainment like it was at that point the game became so secondary nobody was worried about playoff seating and obviously the Bengals and the Bills were playing a monumentally important game for the AFC playoff picture but nobody cared about that at that point so the way that everyone was able to kind of consume information, it it just became so not archaic is the word, but almost worrisome the way that you're so used to kind of, like you said, having the ability to get that information instantly that when you couldn't, it just added to the shock factor that was rolling through the stadium. At at what point
1: did, did it make it to the the fans in terms of the perception? Because again, on the TV feed, we can see some of the harrowing things. I mean, the, the, the idea that CPR is being administered. We find out later that um, AED, which is the, the electronic um, you know um, facility that allows you to, to try and restart someone's heart or jolt someone, um, th- that was also used. At what point do you guys realize that this situation has gone
3: from just a football injury to, no, they're trying to save DeMar Hamlin's life? I know from my perspective, we were studying in the south end zone, so we were a little bit far off from where the play was happening. But when we saw the reactions, and I I can't pinpoint exactly who it was, but it was a defensive lineman for the Bills. When you could see him, his body shaking as he was covering his hands or covering his face with his hands, I'm like, that is not a reaction that I've ever seen a player have to another teammate being injured. Something Mm. else is going on here. And it's very obvious that we're not talking about a guy that's in concussion protocol. I mean, I, I I've been there. I was, a, I'm a season ticket holder, and I was there whenever the uh, Tua concussion happened on Thursday Night Football. Oh. Uh, that even felt completely different from this moment. And you just, there was a, and, and I'm getting chills just kind of remembering the feeling of it. it. It just absolutely put a silence over everybody to the point that we're like, okay. There's no more joking aside. There's no more. Was this a hit? Is this gonna be affecting the game? Like the, it, we're done here. The, the, we got to figure out what's going on. At what point
1: for for you, for people around you, did was it just like, okay, th- this game can't continue anymore? Like we whether or not you could tell exactly what was happening or not, um w- when when did that start to happen? Or it's just like, okay, this
3: this is over. We're we're done here. Definitely when the ambulance came out that i'm like this is not something you usually see i mean i can't recall the last time i saw a player gotten taken off by an ambulance usually it's a you know a cart golf cart or a stretcher or something like that and i'm like there is something else at, at work here and you see all these different players with just beside themselves some far off from the group trying to just work through what's happening others with their arms around each other trying to just console each other and you're like there is no more game plan. The bills are not going to be worrying about the next play. I can't remember if second or third down, you know, whatever for the bills defense and, and all that different stuff. Like this is not happening. Like, because even at that point, and and there were some fans that were around me that were trying to be like, well, they got to play the game, right? It's too important to not play. And obviously the game became secondary, but even just working through that thought process, if they had played the game, like, this would have felt so strange to see whatever happened after that game, because no matter what, if it was going to be the best, the best uh, football game that you ever did see, that was going to be the first thing that you thought. of.
1: Stay up to date all year on the NFL by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on NFL on the odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts coming up. We take a look at some of the teams whose playoff destinies became clear in week 17.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: Tom Brady in the postseason. Name a more iconic duo, or at least a more consistent duo. I'll wait. The man just doesn't miss the playoffs. With a late-game comeback on Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clinch the fourth seed and the NFC South.
4: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are NFC South champions, back-to-back years for the first time in franchise history. I am James Jarko, one of the hosts of Locked on Bucks, and the biggest story in this one isn't that the Buccaneers have won the NFC South. It isn't that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to the playoffs. It is the connection between Tom Brady and Mike Evans getting back on track. Mike Evans extends his NFL record nine consecutive seasons, going over a 1,000 yards. He needed 83 on the day to reach that mark again this season, and he finished with 207 and a hat trick of touchdowns on 10 receptions. Brady throws for over 400 yards, has the three passing touchdowns to Mike Evans and a rushing one of his own but that connection that has missed so often this season apparently seems to be right back on track just ahead of the playoffs. And when you potentially have all pro center Ryan Jensen returning to help keep Brady upright, that connection getting hot at this moment could spell trouble for all the teams in the NFC if they have to cross paths with Tampa Bay in the postseason. For more on this and all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers, make sure you check out my co-host David Harrison and I five days a week on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Also coming to a playoff game near you, Brian Dayball and the New York football Giants.
2: The playoff drought is over as the New York Giants have clinched their first postseason berth since 2016, thanks to their 38-10 win over the Indianapolis Colts Sunday at MetLife Stadium. After the Colts took an early 3-0 lead, it was all Giants. Safety inside linebacker Landon Collins recorded his second career pick six, and quarterback Daniel Jones had an absolute field day finishing 19 of 24 for 177 yards and two touchdowns, and adding 11 carries for 91 yards and two rushing touchdowns, as the Giants posted their first 30-point game in their last 43 tries. Running back Saquon Barkley, who finished with 58 rushing yards on 12 carries, set a new single-season career high of 1,312 rushing yards, with one game remaining in regular season play. With the win, the Giants have clinched the sixth seed in the NFC playoff tournament and will face the third-seeded team, which is currently the San Francisco 49ers in the first round of the playoffs in two weeks. The Giants will close out the 2022 regular season slate against the Philadelphia Eagles at Philadelphia next week.
1: And while one NFC East team has a playoff ticket punch, another saw their ticket slip away. The Washington Commanders, humbled at home by the Cleveland Browns, To make matters worse,
5: they were eliminated from playoff contention by a Green Bay Packers win. Our Commanders fans, we're here at FedEx Field where the Commanders blow another golden opportunity to control their own playoff destiny and make it a little bit easier on themselves, perhaps even clinch a playoff spot if they would have received help from other teams and if they would have beaten the Cleveland Browns. The problem? That didn't happen, and it wasn't particularly pretty. 24-10, to 10, the Browns roll into FedEx Field and yuck their way, uh, blowing out the Commanders in the second half. The Commanders actually had a halftime lead after a 21-play drive. Uh, That spanned from Washington's own four-yard line and ended in Carson Wentz's fourth-and-goal plunge over the top for the touchdown. But that was the last time Washington would really uh, be competitive and see the lead, if we're being honest, and Cleveland rocks and rolls on the afternoon. Now, again, the Commanders have dropped Three out of their last four games, they're 0-3 and one. They have not won a game since November 27th against the Atlanta Falcons. And again, they can be eliminated with a Green Bay win tonight, which would render next weekend against Dallas completely useless, other than playing out the string. We will see. We'll have a full live podcast uh, on the Lockdown Commanders podcast uh, later on this evening after we know the result of the Green Bay game. David Harrison and myself.
1: And the Eagles keep missing opportunities to lock up home field advantage in the NFC.
6: Well, it's going to be do or die week 18 for the Philadelphia Eagles to clinch the number one seed and the NFC East Division championship after a 20 to 10 loss to the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. I'm Louie DiBiase, host of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. They just needed one win. But for two weeks in a row, the Eagles could not get it done and they beat themselves. In the first half, an awful game plan on the offensive and defensive side of the football. Soft zone coverage, mismatches all over the place. The defensive line getting no push against the run game. Gave the Saints an early 13 0 lead. And then you look on the offensive side of the ball, it wasn't much better. The Eagles made Gardner Minshew seem like he was Jalen Hurts when it came to the game plan, but Minshew showed that. He couldn't go through the same progressions, could not make the same plays with his legs. It was just too little too late in the second half when they finally got the run game going in some big plays. But again, the uh, the lead was too big. You get a turnover key in that second half, a pick six by Marshawn Lattimore when the Eagles are just down three. That put the game on ice. But even before that, six penalties on offense, kept stalling drives. Despite the defense finally figuring things out and going off, the pass rush was seven sacks today. The fifth game in a row they've had at least six sacks, the longest streak in NFL history. But again, just too little too late on both sides of the ball. And now the Eagles need a win next week against the Giants to clinch the one seed and the division. We'll see if Jalen Hurts plays in that game. Honestly, he's probably going to need to. I'm Louis DiBiase. This is Locked on Eagles. The Eagles fall 20-10 against New Orleans at Lincoln Financial Field.
1: And finally. A community toy drive established on GoFundMe by DeMar Hamlin through his Chasing M's Foundation received over a million dollars in donations on Monday night. There are still reminders of the awesomeness of humanity out there, and we hope that DeMar is able to celebrate that awesomeness very soon.